0: What
1: up? What's up y'all? Welcome to another episode of the This
2: uh, Is Not That podcast. I'm Joanna, one of your hosts here with the homies. Say what's up y'all. What's good guys? It's Isaiah. What it do? This is Raphael. How
0: y'all doing? Happy New Year what up? to everybody out there. How y'all feeling? Indeed, indeed. Yes, yeah. happy New
1: Year. It's the first Episode of the This Is About
0: That podcast in 2022. So uh, it's a new year. Y'all got resolutions? Maybe, maybe not. I've been in that gym. I've
1: been
0: in that gym. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been in that gym, which maybe I (laughs) shouldn't say that, but you know, under the strictest of rules when it comes to COVID protections and wearing a mask and everything and being six feet apart. But you know, I think also part of it is, you know, getting yourself healthy, too. So I've been taking my health a lot more serious this um, this year. And that's one of my goals is to get the weight down and, uh, you know, just get more active. Right. Since COVID started, it's been hard to be active on a consistent basis. So that's one of my big goals this year. And I've been sticking to it 13 days in. So let's, mm. let's check next <laughs> next month. <laughs> How about y'all? That's a
1: awesome. That's like a rollover though, right? Like you've been um, focusing on your health and staying active a lot starting last year. I feel like um, if y'all see Rafi in these streets, my, my homie is slimming
0: down. Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get that summer bod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's summer bod, you know, but <laughs> I was trying, thank you for that, Joanna, but I was trying to reset you know, lower expectations. Like, oh, I just started on the first and then I can use all the extra credit from last year and nobody would know. But thank you, Joanna. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Um, out here, busting bubbles, left and
0: right. <laughs> what about y'all? What y'all do? How's y'all new year going for y'all?
2: I mean, me myself, um, I mean, the new year was was okay for me. Um, I kind of I kind of stayed in um in terms of like I didn't party or anything like that, but I kind of took off work like the last week or definitely, it it felt like the last two weeks of the year last year. And I used all that time to really uh, just kind of recenter myself and really focus on just self-care, self-maintenance of myself and my environment, you know, and just really It, 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 you know, it took a couple of days of just like, like a day or two of just kind of sitting because it's work all the time. It's like, it's like, wow, what do I do now? You know? And then, uh, and then it's like, yeah, let's get all this stuff in order and keep it in order, you know? And that's really what I've been focusing on. Um, you know, just just before the podcast, I was breaking down a lot of cardboard that I have in the house. That I need to recycle, so it, <laughs> you know, just that's really been like my main focus is is just clean clean body and spirit. I guess you know, just just maintaining that positive vibe um, and not getting so wrapped up in work as if it's the only thing that matters. You know, so that's really real.
1: That's real. I'm, I think I'm following like those similar steps, right? Like trying to have a healthy mind, healthy body. Right. And I think that's super important for us in this work that we're doing, right? Like we're constantly being put up against um, a bunch of negative stuff, I would say um, that can weigh heavy on us from day to day. And so I think it's really important to make sure that us and, you know, all of our other um community organizers folks in the struggle are making sure that they're taking care of their minds and their mental and just um you know doing what they need to do to stay sane because it's wild out here right like things are changing that often for the good um and I know what you mean about like not trying to stay focused on work the whole like all day every day but um I do want to bring up something that was like definitely lingering over me during the holiday break is um, the Milwaukee mayor, right? I think it was between Christmas and new year's that the new, uh, um, new mayor was sworn in, right? Chevy Johnson. What y'all thinking about that?
2: I think that, it that, that like the race is kind of interesting in of itself. I mean, like, you know, in terms of, in terms of the acting mayor so far, I mean, like, I've, I've, I've had a, had a couple conversations with him. I've, I've seen him at the press club and stuff. So I've heard some of the stuff that he, that I guess is in the, uh, kind of in his mind in terms of what he wants to try to do to improve Milwaukee. But most of my thoughts right now are just kind of in this ever-growing list of candidates that are throwing their hats in, um, and just kind of what some of their backgrounds are. I mean, it. It almost feels like people are just throwing their name in the in in the hat for mayor because, uh, you know, we have an acting mayor, but we're going to have an election, too. So it's just kind of interesting to see just the people like people that I I guess I'm not surprised seeing running for mayor and then also just like the city attorney that 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 kind of threw me Left field when he when he tossed his name in the race, uh, there's a couple of like just straight up business people, developer types. Uh, there's a couple of, I mean, there, there's erno Lucas, but I feel like there's another kind of law enforcement kind of figure. Uh, there's there's Cavalier, uh, a couple of other alder people. There's Bob Donovan. So well, I don't know. Well,
1: at this point, I know at one point we had like twelve candidates that registered. Um, but signatures were due on the 11th. And so I'm pretty sure it's down to a smaller list of half that, right? We got six candidates that officially turned in um, enough signatures or enough signatures were approved because I know that some folks turned in enough signatures but they, um, after evaluating those signatures or looking them over, found out that some of them weren't valid. Um, So we do have um, Alderwoman Marina Dmitrievich, Alderman Bob, former Alderman Bob Donovan acting mayor, Chevy Johnson, the Milwaukee County Sheriff, Ernell Lucas, Michael Sampson, who is a business business owner, businessman in the Milwaukee area, and then state Senator Lena Taylor. I, I you know, I too was surprised by the city attorney, Chairman Spencer, throwing in his name and registering um, his campaign, but he didn't turn in any signatures. So that was just for funsies, I guess. That,
2: that's what I'm saying. It's like, what's the point? And then, um, like, I, like, I know his office kind of came under some scrutiny recently, you know, not not too long ago, but, um, you know, it's like, what's the point? And then there are a few people who obviously aren't on that list anymore, but they were kind of the only thing in their bio was community activist kind of thing. And I'm just kind of thinking to myself, whatever that means, I guess, I guess I can mean any number of things in terms of the work that you do. I'm I'm kind of interested to see like whether or not the issues that the candidates bring up are are going to have a lot of overlap, like or if anyone is going to kind of have find a unique and productive hill to stand on instead of just kind of throwing out just the just the usual tropes, generalizations and stuff, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad. I mean, yeah,
0: I'm glad you're hopeful, but. It- youth is on your side too so. i'm not really hopeful I'm no. just curious. It, <laughs> it's mostly you. just curiosity <laughs> no you're right the distinction is real you're right look this is the first time we've been able to vote for not been able to vote for but this is the first time we're probably gonna have a new mayor uh, in 20 years now we have one now but really have a permanent one after election so you would think it's an opportunity but i think this is a commentary on the movement right are we ready to not just have a personality-driven race? Because that's what's going to delve into, right? Like, that's kind of like the conversation we're a little bit having here, right? Like, uh, you know, is what about, what do you think of Chevy? What do you think of, you know, Ernell? What do you think of Marina? And really, it really should be about is like, is our agenda has enough support to really apply pressure once folks are elected to hold them accountable, right? And if we don't have that power base to do that, I have very little hope or faith that anyone who was elected, any of the group of those people who are elected, is going to be want, able to have the, the, the will to really push a people's forward agenda. So uh, I think this is really um, this next three to four months is going to be really about the organizing and the organizations on the ground have been doing the work. Especially coming post 2020, when we've been in the George Floyd protests, when we've been in communities having conversations with people, we should be ready for this moment, right? I know that so there's an action and uh, the work Joanna's been doing. We should put together a platform and agenda um, to make this happen. So hopefully, uh, it's not about the individual; it's about what the individual can commit to, and we can get them on record for, and then hold them accountable. Is there some better than others? Yeah, of course. It's like anything, but I, uh, um, I think. What's more important is where do we stand as an organized group of people to hold people accountable once they're in office? And I think anytime you can look at politics over the last at least 20 years, that's all that counts, you know?
2: Yeah, I guess one aspect of it, too, would be just kind of looking at, you know, of the candidates who clearly like I guess actually wants to be mayor and then I guess kind of examining why they want to why they want the office so bad you know and what they're willing to do to um, you know leading up to the election and then after the election's over. Um, I will say that I did uh, go to a a action slash uh, slash event outside the Humboldt Collectivo in West in uh, River West because they're still pushing for a union and etc. And uh, the acting mayor was there. I mean, and he had kind of had some words to say in, in, in support of the people of uh, the Collectivo workers pushing for a union and etc. And I think that that probably had some impression on a lot of the younger people who were there, who were who are pushing for a union and are probably maybe paying attention to kind of like what, you know, whether or not they're actually going to even vote for them in the mayor's race. And if so, like who, you know what I mean? Cause once again, this is the first time in like 17 years we've had an opportunity to vote for a mayor. And I guess it just kind of at that particular event, it just kind of stuck out to me that, Hey, there's a lot of young people in this crowd who have never voted for mayor before and here Cavalier is making a good impression on them, you know? So I guess that it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the different candidates are willing to do beyond just putting their name in the hat, you know, leading up. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it it definitely makes sense. It's good to hear uh, that he was out there. Mm. Um, But it's all going to come down to what he actually does once, you know, Mm -hmm. if he wins or, you know, and what he does when he's in office, right? I mean, one of my biggest fears around – 2022 is that people will just go for representation is enough you know and i think you know look we had a we had a point in history right i mean chevy is the second black mayor but if chevy or O'Neill or lena or uh any of the other uh candidates of color win, that's a historic moment for us right? I mean, a historic moment for the city or a historic moment for the people and people of color, period. But that that's just not enough. It has to be more than that, right? And it has to be ideology. What does a person really believe and, and follow through? And if, I'm just really nervous that we, all that's going to matter is the representation and we're not going to really get into what's important when it comes to the issues, right? And, you know, look, then about uh, a lot of these folks, they got a record. They've been in office for a long period of time, and you can really mm-hmm. look at it, like what have you advocated for and what have you done so far, and really hold them accountable to that, and uh, really judge them off of that, and not delve into um, the personality stuff that can go into a lot of this electoral politics, which is, you know, representation, are they a good speaker? Do they make you feel good? Do you want to have a beer with them? All the you know, some mm-hmm. people add into it. It should be about the the tangible. And, uh, hopefully, um, we learned a lot of lessons, uh, over the last couple of decades that that won't, that won't be the case.
2: Yeah. And along the same vein as represent, uh, or along that same vein of, you know, representation or shooting solely for representation, it just kind of remind, you know, like, uh, uh, just recently the Milwaukee, the city of Milwaukee had to make another, you know, decision on redistricting, and during that meeting, which ended kind of frustratingly and unfortunately for a lot of the people who were there, I think um, during that meeting, uh, Alderman Dmitrievich uh, was standing alongside a lot of um, um, immigrant rights groups and community organizations from the south side, uh, pushing for more um, for the maps to really represent the grow in the Latino population in. in in the city. And unfortunately, uh, due to some legal questions and seemingly shenanigans on the part of a couple other aldermen's, uh, the the, uh, the city decided to revert back to these maps that were vetoed by former mayor Barrett, which triggered this week's long process of them working to right. form maps that better represent people. So, uh, Um. Yeah.
1: Really quick, I know that we're, we're going to talk about that, but just jumping back to the mayoral candidates, um, thinking about what you said, Rafi, and like holding them accountable to, you know, the policies and the issues that are important to us, you know, the community members. Um, we are going to be hosting a candidate forum on Saturday, at January 29th at 9 a.m. I just want to plug that. Um, you know, we invited some of the top candidates that Citizen Action has been um, engaging with uh, to participate in this forum. And hopefully, you know, the goal is to get our agenda out there, right, and make sure that we're talking to them about the important issues, not just, you know, not just like 15 in a union, right, we've been fighting for that for a long time. It's a pretty, you know, well known, I would say, slam dunk for any uh, um, candidates that consider themselves a Democrat, but like, Let's talk about public safety, right? A more contentious issue and something that we don't technically all agree on and stuff. And so hopefully we can bring some of those topics to the table and we can get some real stances um, and, and figure out where these candidates fall um, so that we can, like Rafi said, like hold them accountable to stuff. So that forum, again, January 29th at 9 a.m. I hope y'all will register and participate. Check it out on our Facebook page or our website. Also, we'll probably put the link to sign up for that in, in the in the show notes. Jumping back to that, to the city maps. I mean, man, that that was wild, right? Like, this actually all kicked off when Alderwoman Damaripa was the one vote to to go against these maps, right? So she really led the charge on on this um, process. And to know all the work that these advocate organizations have done to redraw maps, right? Um, it's it's just disappointing to see, like, in the last hour, you know the what was it? The city attorney's office. They, you know, they came in with these, with this. What well, I don't even know. Like, right, like information that said this whole process is basically just thrown into the garbage. So, right, like these weeks mm-hmm. and weeks of work that folks have been doing, um, you know, like was for what, right? And so, like, what does that even say to to our community members too that were involved in this, right? Like, I know a couple of people though, people personally that were you know, supporting this process, right? Like leaders like Jesus Salas in our, in our Latino community and like all the work that he did, like for what? If it was just gonna be shut down and thrown in the garbage. Oh,
0: that's tell- for too. Uh, can, Jordan, can you tell us uh, the importance of the maps and why was it so important?
1: So it was important because they when they drew the city maps, they basically drew them to be similar to what we've had over the last 10 years, right? After looking at like the numbers in the population and how like our Latino community has grown based off of the um, twenty twenty census, we've seen that, that because of the growing Latino population in Milwaukee, um, the general Milwaukee population has grown, right? And so leaders in the community were saying that you know the growing population and of Latinos in Milwaukee should be reflective of these maps, right? We should have more than what what we currently have is. Um, two majority Latino districts, right, where the majority of people that turn out to vote are, are Latinx folks. And um, after looking at population numbers, they saw that there was potential and opportunity to have another district to be, um, I don't think it was fully like super majority Latino, but it was like Latino influence. I think that there was one set of maps that made it Latino influence, and there was another set of maps that had it like Latino majority. And so um, elected, elected officials, right, at the, at the local level. And activist groups were fighting to get these maps to be considered and, and to be voted on um and approved and they had what was it like committee on tuesday isaiah and um it just got all, it all got shot shut down
2: yeah and i the, think
1: that that's just really unfair
2: no yeah i mean like i was just going to say that yeah it well for one the 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 meeting was delayed so then when it finally started They literally waited until the last second, until everyone, until people had, you know, the public had provided their testimonies and called in and and everything through all the issues of Zoom and technical frustrations and et cetera, waited to the very last hour. uh, And then Alderman uh, Spiker, um, who I think that one of his districts is in, one of his districts would have been affected by these redrawn maps. And it was the opinion of Christine Newman Ortiz uh, who expressed this in a press conference after this whole committee meeting that his real motive, that his motivation really was just to maintain a majority conservative white, uh, you know, majority uh, voting base in his own district, since his district would have seen kind of a rise in in it's, uh latino population you know because of the way the maps would have been drawn out so he brought up well you know this could be an equal uh equal protections clause violation of voting rights act violation because you're kind of making maps with with the main with the main uh motivating factor uh or consideration basically being you know the ethnicity of people and then bob donovan no not 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 Bob Donovan uh Alderman Baldman, Alderman Baldman uh, kind of backed up some of that and the phrase that was being thrown around once the meeting was over was that the maps which uh, which were being somewhat favored by Xanthripa and and others uh, were illegal and unconstitutional and uh and uh et cetera et cetera and then the question became well you know when mayor when former mayor Barrett vetoed the first maps, which then triggered this whole uh, reconsideration process, he did that on the advice of the city attorney's office that there wouldn't be a problem. So now the city attorney's office is saying, well, there kind of is a problem, so let's go into closed session. So five hours passed and they came out and they said, look, we're gonna go back to the maps that were initially vetoed. And uh, Ashanti Hamilton issued a formal apology to everyone he said this was what uh, govern was supposed to look like. Um, this isn't how it's necessarily supposed to end up. He seemed really, really disappointed. And I and I must say, meanwhile, there's, you know, a little laughter and chuckling going on from a couple of the other altars in the background. So it was this moment of having something dangled in your face only to have it get snatched away at the last second. Like, it's funny. Um, it was... Incredible yeah. old. and <laughs> it
1: goes, when you think about like representation right like we know that representation is important right but it's not the sole factor especially when we're talking about candidates and elected officials right but when we're talking about representation in communities and like having you know majority black districts majority latino district majority aapi district that is what is important and
2: um 100%, 100%. it's just really 100%.
1: disappointing yeah, and it's just disappointing that, like, the, the growth and the work that we did to get, you know, la- the Latinx population and our, and our immigrant community to, like, fill out the census, right? Like, did a ton of work to make sure that this community was active and participant of the census, and they did it, they did their part to, to now see, like, there's no benefit in that, right? Like, what was the reward in them, you know, participating in this process? You know, it's, it's an attack on our democracy. And, um, yeah, it's just like super disappointing to see how this all rolled out and like, yeah, salty, super salty.
2: (laughs) I will say that it, it kind of puts the whole argument into an interesting place because on the one hand you have Spiker saying that while making a district based on with like the main motivating factor meet, uh, being, uh, Latino representation in of itself is a Voting Rights Act violation. On on one hand, you have him saying that. But on the other hand, the whole point of the veto and the whole point of the re re reevaluation of the maps was because the maps, the map which was considered, uh, initially did not represent, um, that increase in the Latino population. So that, you know, which in of itself could be a Voting Rights Act, uh, violation potentially so it's like this both ways kind of thing ballman kind of made a point uh uh to 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 say that you know those folks, those first maps which were vetoed and mind you he he's asking the city attorney to confirm his own thoughts you know that that um the first maps which were vetoed were legally compliant so implying there's no problem with them but then the question becomes you know why did the city attorney's office give mayor barrett this this initial or former mayor at this initial advice you know and now they're here uh the assistant city attorney and the city attorney himself were in the call um going back on it you know yeah it's just kind of one of those moments you know where you just kind of look at it and you're just like it's a morale killer you know and i and i know that for the uh, immigrant rights uh uh movement they're they're uh, in milwaukee they're you know they're There were a lot of frustrations about stuff going on in Washington, D.C., too, with Build Back Better, you know, so coming off of that and now this, it it can really affect a lot of things, uh, political participation, interest in it, voting turnout, you know.
1: It's almost like this game is rigged. A little bit. (laughs) I mean, dang. I mean, just, you know, like the game, like that's a game right to know that the city attorney's office is saying one thing and then weeks later they're saying something else. It's just like, did the law change in the past month? No. Like, it's just like absurd to me that they can't get the correct information out on, in the first round. Right. Like, it's weird. I think that there's this. I think to me, to me, it looks like there's something going on there. Like, what, what, what are these games are playing?
2: Yeah, like a question I had, too, was like in a city that's so segregated on uh, based off of race and ethnicity and it has been historically, how do you disentangle? Like if if to consider ethnicity uh, in in redistricting is is a violation, how in, in such a segregated city, how do you disentangle that? You know, I mean, the segregation and, and like the racial uh makeup of the city is baked into everything here you know so how do you disentangle those two things and um i guess sometimes one lawyer told me that sometimes what's politically needed is not what's legally allowed you know those are sometimes two different things quick
0: question um
2: how long is those maps for like how long do they
0: last
1: ten years fam ten, ten years,
0: years. So you told mm. me for the next ten years, those districts going to be misrepresented racially, demographically, based on what's happened? Right. <laughs> Is the it, it, like all the question almost answers itself? Is the game rigged, right? Like, I mean, and that happened in a city full of people who wouldn't identify themselves as right on the right or, or you know, Republicans, right? And it was still this same graph for power, and taking, and now allowing people to fully grasp their power in order for those folks to keep their power, right? So it's like, and you made a great point. Um, representation, when it comes to like a candidate, right? It could mean something if the ideology means something, but when it comes to like being able the folks be able to actually have the right to vote and the opportunity to fully participate in the system in a fair way, that's when representation matters, right? And if people are like gaming the system and drawing lines just for, you know, folks to keep power, that's some, that's that's be that's beyond BS. That's beyond BS. So, you know, for you know, it's for me like it's very hard sometimes from to like really take the electoral politics seriously sometimes and not be cynical because of bs like this right like how can you not be cynical how do you see keep on going out there and organize people like bosses went out there organized people got them energized around the issue and then it was just some backroom deal with some you know folks laughing that took it away from them and what do you do with those people what do you do with those people's hopes how do you build them back up to go out there again you know And it's beyond sickening, you know.
1: That's the biggest battle in community organizing, right? Because, like, we know to be effective, we need to build a base of people that are active and passionate about something, right? But, like, they are constantly chipping away at our base when they do, when they make moves like this, right? Because folks get discouraged. They believe the system is a failure, right? Like, and half the time, they ain't wrong. And so I think that that's how they are crippling us, us as in community organizers and trying to like change things. They are coming for our base and they're making them feel discouraged and they know that that's how they get us. They know how that that's, that's how they make us weak. So like, yeah, like when you, if you ask me this week, um, are electoral politics important? (laughs) I want to say no, but like, I do know that like, that's where the power is right and this current system and structure that we're living in that's where the power lays and so you know I gotta keep going question mark
0: (laughs) did you just ask did you just say that with a question mark (laughs) like gotta gotta keep going question mark
1: (laughs) I know it's just it's frustrating it's so frustrating I just can't um you know, being in this stuff every day and just seeing the disappointment. It just, again, like we said earlier about taking care of your mental and taking care of your, doing that self-care because this stuff is hard. Ain't a lot of wins yeah. in this work.
2: And they're, they're kind of uh, spread out sometimes to, you know, the wins. It, you know, it's kind of an interesting observation too, you know, the phrase uh, that, you know, a base is being chipped away at. It's intriguing because, I mean, like, common sense would almost think that if there's kind of two polarized political sides one side is trying to convince the other side that their side is right so you should come vote for them but that doesn't really seem to be what happens here it seems like one side understands that there's a whole group of people that they don't even they don't necessarily want their support they don't really care for them much so they So there I so they don't really care about convincing them to vote for them. They just care about demoralizing their their efforts so that they don't vote, you know, and then when those communities don't vote, that's how, you know, frankly, more conservative figures get elected, you know, Um, when whole communities go dormant. See, when see, that's my point is like you would think that, you know. If, if a community was like, hey, we voted Democrat for so long, and and we haven't gotten many benefits, let's go vote for Republican. You would think that's what happens, but that's not what happens, at least here, because that community understands that that side doesn't doesn't really care for them much at all, you know. Period. So then they don't vote, and what happens is that other side wins. So it, it's like this weird backwards strategic logic, you know.
0: Do y'all think a part of it is that? it's not just that we lose from time to time. It's like the lack of fight, right? Like for me, like, you know, like uh, childhood. My mom always told me, look, uh, I don't care if you lose a fight, but you, you know, you better fight back, right? It was just a principle. It was the principle of the thing. And I think a lot of folks can deal with the loss, can deal with the L, can take the L. Like, I mean, if you poor winter class in this country, all you used to is taking L's. but it's the lack of the fight. It's a lack of the people that we actually go out and vote for to actually do the fighting that is demoralizing, right? It's that's the thing that really messes with you. It's like I'm, out, I'll be out there with you, out there, like, I'll, you know, let's go to West Virginia and and, and, and just have a city and an occupy Joe Manchin office. And he if he does what he does, he does what he does. But let's do that, right? But that wasn't the case, right? That's that wasn't the case as we speak, uh, the senator from or Arizona cinema just basically tanked the, the voting rights bill, right? And it it's gonna be very little pushback amongst our colleagues, very much a little pushback through the whole app what is that uh beltway apparatus around it, it's gonna just be is what it is. And and when people see that, it's like if you don't got passion for it, and we just did all this stuff, only time you have passion, it seems like is when you're on a campaign trail when you're out here asking for our votes but where does that go when once we elect you and i mean for me it's the lack of the fight the lack of the dog to like to actually uh go about people's issues that demoralize people a lot you know uh, a lot more than just like the ale itself you know the l is just a byproduct of the lack of passion
2: yeah Sometimes, too, though, you do have these 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 moments arise where there is kind of an opportunity that could arise. But then there's still this kind of shadow organizing that stifles it. So in Wauwatosa right now, you know, six common council seats, I believe, are up for grabs right now, uh, which is kind of when you look at everything that kind of went on during Wauwatosa in 2020. Some people who are on the ground protesting might might count that not necessarily as a win, but as opportunity, because, number one, they had a lot of officers with familiar names kind of, you know, resigned. There's a new police chief, et cetera. But now there's all these common council seats up, too. Uh, and they could see that as like an opportunity, I guess. And there are two people of color who are running, you know, John Larry uh, and Sean Lowe. John Larry was part of the ad hoc committee that they disbanded in TOSA. Um, He did a lot of work with that. And uh, Sean Lowe is the chair of the Equity and Inclusion Commission. They're running in uh, different districts. And if either of them or or both of them win, that would be pretty significant because in Wauwatosa, there has never been a person of color to sit on the Common Council. I believe the highest position of authority that a person of color has ever had in uh, Wauwatosa was school board superintendent, and that's under the current administration with Mayor, Mayor McBride. So that would be of significance. But, you know, when I talked to John uh, recently, he had mentioned how, you know, kind of as soon as he announced his his bid for his district, and it seemed like it was kind of going to be a piece of cake, all of a sudden there were these these um, these figures that just kind of popped up very very quickly like the eve that the registration forms were due or whatnot it's like who are these people and you know uh and when you look at them they're kind of being supported by more con- more conservative uh figureheads in the community uh, it's an interesting question and, and 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 then behind that there's a lot of talk about making the common council and Wawaitos smaller and coalescing power and Um, Say the city administrator, uh, kind of all these background deals, breaking up voting districts in a similar conversation as what was going on in the south side. Uh, So sometimes there's L's and you kind of have to uh, maneuver that. And then sometimes there are these windows of opportunity that you don't really know what they are, but clearly other people see something in them. Otherwise, they wouldn't try to flood the field, you know.
1: Yeah, you know that federal stuff, though, like sometimes I, I, I do feel like that's like a lost cause, right? Like <laughs> Schumer and Cinema and Manson, like I am so over those folks, like I don't even want to talk about them. Um, to me, I think where it's at is like that local power. Like, let's get, let's get wild about these school board races, about um, county board races, about city council, right? City attorney is uh, in Milwaukee is a, a voted position, right? Like we voted for that for the city attorney here in Milwaukee. Um, like let's get as active and you know working on campaigns as we do for like the state legislature, for the assembly, and for the state senate, and what we're doing for like U.S. Senate. Let's let's get that excited and active for these local races because I just think that that's that's how we're gonna build. We have to start on the bottom with those local seats, get our people in there and like have them start moving up because, you know, this trying to work from the top and trying to work at the federal level, it I don't I don't see it going anywhere.
2: Even working at the state level can be kind of frustrating sometimes for people. And I mean, like I have seen in in other areas like this, this resurgence and kind of hyper local organizing. I've seen it with cannabis, uh, uh, cannabis legalization efforts, for example, you know, cannabis activists got really, really frustrated with bashing their heads against state legislatures who would gerrymander districts and these people don't listen to them anyways so they started going municipality to 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 municipality getting fines decriminalized lowered or decriminalized as much as they possibly could you know like they looked for other ways to kind of chip away at it you know um so i think that there might be a resurgence in this kind of Hyper localized organizing on both sides of the issue. I mean, you kind of see that with the district attorney's office after the Waukesha uh, Christmas parade um, uh, tragedy It, it, you know, there was a lot of attention on from the conservative. Uh, aisle that, hey, this guy ran on a post and yada, yada, and let's put our own person in there and trash him into the sunset, you know, even pass legislation that gives all state employees or several state employees uh, raises, except for him in a couple of years. And let's announce that right before Christmas, like these really petty kind of things. So it's like, there's a lot of opportunity there, but it's not just the grassroots or progressive arena that sees it. You know, um, and you know there are people who will seek to exploit that and set set progress in the city back that much farther. Look, we got to start where people could actually get their hands around it, right? Like
0: at the federal level, it's tough, right? It's beyond tough. You you are reacting to forces outside of your control all the time. What the <laughs> cinema is all out in Arizona, right? And yeah, in Milwaukee, right? Like, what can we do? But when it comes to school board, you can make, you can make a little, a little bit of organizing can make a huge impact. Same thing when it comes to the automatic race, the same thing when it comes to mayor. You don't need a lot. You know what I mean? You just need concentrated organizing and mobilization to get people, and political education too, to get people involved again. And I think so much of our uh, media and our just overall way we consume news is from the top bottle, right? The end all be all is the presidency, or are you that's the glamorous stuff, the U.S. Senate? But the stuff that's going to make an impact on your daily life is those races that have some of the lowest turnout, right? And we just got to re when we out there and we're talking to people, we're knocking doors and having those conversations, really get people to recondition themselves into thinking and, and understanding that the thing that's going to have the most impact are those hyper local races. And not only do you go out there and vote, but you go out there and run right? And you don't have to have this pristine background to run. You know, I want to see a lot of working class moms go run for office, come straight off the door and run for office. We need to be building that, that type of uh, leadership up straight off the doors because they have an economic interest in doing the things once they're in office. A lot of times, a lot of folks, and they they doing that maybe at the goodness of their heart, right? But they, they're, whether a bill passed or not, they, they, their is not going to change. It's going to be like cinema is going to be all right. Mansion is going to be all right. You know, some of these other folks at the local level are going to be all right. But the mom who is the mother of three and she's working two jobs just to make it by, she has an interest in making it happen. So we really got to just hi- uh, focus on the, the, the local through the grassroots organizing, educate, motivate, activate and you know get folks out there and really start winning at that uh at that local level to you know make an impact
1: for sure and so you know with that we got the february primary coming up february 15th a ton of important races on that ballot across the state from school boards to milwaukee mayor there is definitely somewhere you can plug in um to You know support a candidate if there's one that's out there that's representing your values get involved see how you can make phone calls for this person or see how you can support them because it's these local seats that we need to get active in i think that's all the time we got for this episode y'all it was great catching up in the new year happy 2020 everyone it's gonna be a busy year figure out how you can get active organized do what you gotta do take care of yourself we will see you next time
2: next time